Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MMA4 Money Show, episode 60. In this show, we'll review UFC Fight Island 6 or Khabib versus Korean Zombie and preview UFC 254. Yes, it's actually happening. Khabib versus Gagey is happening this Saturday. I am Bob Boss, your favorite garbage man at MMA State of Mind, here with, well, not here yet with Real Mike. He'll hop in at some point, but you know who I am here with, Mikey Gilman, at Mikey Gills on Twitter. That's Gills with a Z if you spell the wrong thing. I, I, I want to stop pushing traffic towards whoever that guy is because he's getting followers <laughs> where he shouldn't. <laughs> but the, and the Twitter of the show is MMA for Money Show. Obviously, follow that one. Mike Gills, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, with the fake Twitter thing, my only goal in life now is to have like a fake John Jones of me, just Ooh. one that always gets mistaken. But I'm doing great. Ready? I'm pumped up. Let's go. I'm gonna say I think if anybody has a chance for that, it's me because my name is Bob Boss, which is basically John Smith for Dutch people. So if okay. you type in my name into Google, you will probably come out with like thirty thousand different people across the greater United States. But moving back on, we are live. The MMA Four Money Show is live. If you're watching currently, we're live. If you're listening after fact, well, we're not live. But if you're listening after fact, you're watching. Listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, or Podcast. But if you are watching live, we're on Twitch, Periscope, and youtube also the show is on youtube after the fact guess what we have our tiny little tidbits back of little breakdowns funny quips maybe you'll get to learn the inner workings of a, a dapper mike gills who i like to call hot hands but please subscribe to the show on youtube it helps and on podcast leave comments share review all of those wonderful wonderful things that make us feel good and like we're actually accomplishing something here on tuesday nights um, ufc you know what no, we'll just go right into it. Uh, we're going to do a quick review of UFC Fight Island 6 or Take It for Zombie. Uh, I will go through all the results. We might stop a few times. Uh, I know the order is a little bit different, but uh, after a few changes around and some cancellations, the, the original breakdown on Tapology is no longer how it actually happens. So I apologize if you're looking at your sheets, scoring sheet or notes you may take. I don't know how far into this you are, and we're a little bit out of that order. Um, and then we will stop a few times. Afterwards, we will review the bets. We're kind of as they keep going. We only had the one. And Mikey Gills will break down how we did on DraftKings and how we should have done on DraftKings. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that. Oh, no. We will for sure talk about that. Uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just upset that Jamie Malarkey won strictly on name purposes, but uh, Ziam got the name decision as the underdog. I remember I said last week that going to the next fight that Mark Strangle could make it dirty. Maybe he can win a split decision. Yes, I eat Nurmaga made up. The left hook to ground and pound really early in the first round. Ooh, at least I was on the prelims and there was no bet involved. Um, uh, Grishin got the TKO round two over Andy Gulov. We'll go all the way through and then we'll come back to this fight, but we'll say we'll say the results for now. Uh, John, John Young Park got the unanimous decision over John Phillips in a absolute drumming. I said that uh, this was basically a human sacrifice, and it was, but we are upset for different reasons, which we'll go back to. Jillian Robertson got the unanimous decision. Garam 
Kudaledzes. I need to reread these beforehand, whatever, as the underdog got the split. <laughs> uh, I was off on this next one. James Krause was able to pull out Yam's decision, clear win, just, just borderline easy fight for him. Claudio Silva just did not show up. Granted, I know, huge gap between fights, but thought he could be able to control on the ground. Jonathan Martinez, man, beat the ghost of Thomas Almeida by Nam's decision. Jimmy Crute utterly destroyed Modestus Bukaskis. Just got Andrade completely destroyed. Kaylin Jukagian with a a, 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 a a just a hook to the body, basically, and she collapsed. And then Cyril Gunn, oh wait, that fight got canceled, which is sad. And then in the main event, Brian Ortega, a clean shaven. And I'm just like, not even like what I got going on. Just like, just clean shaven Brian Ortega uh, as the underdog. Just, I, he made the Koreans on me. Look, he's not in the same league as him. And that one hurt quite a bit. But before I, we, we relay our woes on that main event, if you could, Mikey Gills, give us a rundown how we did on DraftKings. And then also, by all means, go off on whatever, <laughs> as much of a tangent as you want to on Park, because I'm 100% with you on that fight. We're gonna we're gonna go over what, how we did and then we how we should have done. Um, three of six, three hundred and sixty-four points. Obviously not our best one. We probably could have guessed this was happening. I was way too cocky last week. Anyway, um, but we'll start off. Modestus Bukas, Buka, I almost said something way worse. Modestus Bukowskis, uh, three and a half points. It literally had nothing like I thought he was gonna have. I thought he would have an edge in striking, and then he could get up and maybe tire crude out. That didn't happen at all. So that one's on me. My bad. I apologize. That was an underdog pick. It didn't go our way. The next one up was Thomas Almeida. And th- with the time that he took off, there was like a, a switching. I, he he looked. Uh, Brian Ortega ended up looking the way that I thought Almeida would. I thought Almeida would have taken that time off, gotten his striking. Oh, sorry. My phone is going nuts. Um, gotten his striking and all. Um, sorry. My phone just uh, went off for no reason. He, uh, he, 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 I can't even talk right now. Thomas Almeida. Just, I'm going to skip that one. He didn't do good. Jung Ying Park. This is the one that we need to talk about. 73 points. Are you kidding me? He landed two, 286 strikes. And on, draft, on DraftKings, they only counted 10 of them as significant. So on DraftKings, you only get half a point for every significant strike. So out of 286 strikes, he totaled five points. Five. He shattered the UFC record and they gave him five points for it. I was so mad. Twitter blew up. I'm pretty sure there was a conspiracy with somebody who works there. They were shaving points. Anyway, that sucked. Jillian Robertson was up next. 93 points dominated the fight from start to finish. I would have loved to have gotten a finish from her, but you know, 93 points, you take what you can get. One of the sub didn't get it. Next up, Korean Zombie. And what can you say about this, man? Just Brian Ortega showed up. All the crap that we talked about Brian Ortega throughout that show, he showed up with the shaved head, nice and clean. And because of all the crap that Brian Ortega heard from us this week and me in particular went full shaved head in honor of brian ortega so (laughs) if you're just listening this is clean razor shaved right here you can get real close and see it if you're watching live but that's how we're going to do the show tonight in ortega's honor jessica andrade next up 130 points she killed it for us but like i said three of six 364 points and i apologize for my phone going off and me completely forgetting what i was going to say during thomas thomas almeida but that's how we did Uh, in general, uh, if it helps, I, I, in terms of what I could hear, since your mic is by your head like this, I couldn't even hear your phone. I don't oh, know if it so. comes up. On, I don't know if it comes up on the podcast like later after the fact, but at least as of live, from what I'm hearing, 
I heard nothing. So for it was actually my, my, my watch is what went off when I said my phone. So I had something coming in. I took it off and threw it across the room. So it's <laughs> maybe may, may broken over by the TV. But yeah, that's so fair. That's, that's we fair. should be good um, now. <laughs> uh, the two main fights that I want to talk about, one of which was going to be one of, was one of the bets that we had. I don't even talk about Park anymore. I'm 100% with you. I do not understand if how that few of them are significant strikes in terms of DraftKings because like in terms of everything else it would have been I understand that was a lot of gibberish talking around in the circle but we reached the same point um, I want to briefly talk about the Jessica Andrade fight and oh, mainly because I am planning right now because this was awesome right I'm looking for those juicy odds that I'm going to get when Jessica Andrade is going to fight Shevchenko because everyone's right. going to see this finishing. They're going to see that Chukagian and Shevchenko are both kickboxers, but they're different degrees of kickboxers. And especially with as much of a counter striker as Shevchenko is and the ability to move laterally, it's like it's just going to look like a worse version of the Joanna Trajic fight, but possibly a finish later. So I'm pretty excited about that. That because originally, like if this would be a decision, they would have eventually made that fight, and you would have gotten Shevchenko at minus 600 or wherever she's at. I might get under minus 200 for this, and I'm I'm pretty pumped for that. I might be way off, and it's super high, but I think I have a chance to get under minus 200 on someone who should be minus four, minus five. So um, for that, I'm excited. Then in terms of the main event, uh, we were talking about a little bit before the show started. I don't think uh, even the people that liked Ortega's chances in this fight, um, and I talked to a few of them on Twitter leading up to it because they, they saw that we were so bullish on the Crane Zombie. Obviously, this was a max bet, so sorry. Yes, we lost a max bet on this one, so minus five units. For the card, we are still overall winning on max bets. I believe right now we're not as good as you would like. I think we're three and two right now. But we just need Diego Lima to fight more. He like he typically is a max bet for us and almost always wins. E- either way. Um <laughs> we were talking about the fact that like even if you're picking picking Ortega, you did not this is not what you pictured when you saw Ortega winning. This is not what you pictured when you saw Korean zombie losing. This is not what you pictured when you saw him shave his head. I know we keep going back to that, but like there's a weird combination of was it him trying to make weight? Then he's donating his hair, but why would he wait until the, it's just an odd combination of things. I mean, I know he, he worked with Andy, uh, Dr. Andy Galpin going into this. So I assumed his weight cut was not going to be an issue. So that's why I was surprised when there was that leaning towards and he didn't look the best on the scale, but either way, he looked phenomenal in the fight. But you're, we were completely right with the Almeida comparison. Like, this is what you thought Almeida was going to do. This guy's off for two years and does sustain a knee injury, but, like, consistently gets better. And his striking, he always, you could tell that, like, there was pauses between strikes before because he would be thinking about the strikes before he would actually do them. Mm-hmm. It's much more fluid now, which for someone who has the natural power and natural abilities and the transition ability that he has... Uh, both to the ground and now striking, it's pretty ridiculous. And he's actually showing, because one of the reasons I thought that Zombie was going to win is because Ortega's striking offense was getting better, but his defense wasn't there. His defense has gotten a lot better. Granted, uh, Zombie wasn't out doing the output he was, but I do think he got stung pretty bad early, which kind of limited his output later. But I mean, I've heard people saying, well, obviously it's Green Zombie. He's a plotting fighter who goes for it and gets hit. I'm like, that's who he used to be. In his last like three fights, he's shown that he's much more of a diverse striker. And the fact that Ortega did this to him 
I'm sold. I mean, I, I guess maybe I'm sold easy, but like I'm very excited for the possibility of Ortega versus Volkanovski and like what he could possibly do, um, whether it be on the ground if Volkanovski tries to go there or striking. I mean, doesn't quite have yeah. quite the, a ridiculous output. There's more feints involved, but I don't know. I'd be excited for that. Just and that's so that's a nice way of me being like I really enjoyed watching this fight that lost us a lot of money. <laughs> Uh, and no, freeze, so it, and freeze <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you uh, off the bat. Thank you for clarifying my uh, my brain freeze moment with the Thomas Almeida, uh, Brian Ortega striking oh, comparison. No. Uh, but no, for. just what just one one thing. As soon as he landed that Chris Jericho Judas effect elbow mm-hmm. on him, that we actually saw him training in a clip backstage. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like when you know you saw the Conor McGregor Jose Aldo punch training. Yeah. Knew it was coming. He set it up, and it's beautiful when you know when you know that's just the thing he's been drilling. Obviously, they saw something coming. But you're right. When it comes to Ortega for a title shot now, I mean, my God, that's a different story. He's a different animal. A guy like that with that level of jujitsu, with that kind of striking, woo! Let's like, what? Man, <laughs> that's a money fight now, and I'm excited mm-hmm. for it. And now we have matching haircuts. I can cheer for him. It's just, that's how we're gonna do this now. I'm Brian Ortega. Let's go. You're basically best friends. And since he's Pretty friends and helped train Halle Berry for that fight movie she has coming up, you're basically best friends with Halle Berry. I'm just just making connections. Is that the one with John Moxley in it? The one, the MMA fighter? Uh, might be. I'm not know. sure. All, all I know is that Halle Berry has been training to be in an MMA movie for a while, so she's become obsessed, and that's why she was at all of the live events before the shutdown. Uh, but, well, she was Catwoman, so she's a natural fighter. It's true. It's true, and she fought <laughs> a lot in Swordfish. Yeah, she, she didn't. I'm just giving everyone the visual of the scene in Swordfish. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. So we're moving on. We're going to go into UFC 254, and this is perfect timing for the start of the pay-per-view. We got the real Mike hopping in for us right as we start for UFC 254. What's so, up, sir? Real Mike, how you doing? I figured I'd uh, fucking get it here as fast as possible <laughs> so I could jump in on this fucking this shit show that I got us in here. Uh, man, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm fucking tired from working, obviously. Um, just, uh, got off stoked to be here. Uh, not stoked to be talking about what we're talking about right now, but it real is motherfucking real. And I'm real Mike. We fucking lost shit fucking sucked. Okay. I never in my life, never in my fucking life would have thought Ortega would strike that good. His defense would be that good. I, I, I fucking love it, dude, because I'm, I love jujitsu and I love wrestling. So I'm all about. Ortega 2.0, but I'm not all about is negative 5.0, and that's what <laughs> happened. Okay, so I'm sorry about that. Shit happens. There's uh, some of the best betters there are fucking uh, lost that a lot of units on that. So it is what it is. We'll we'll get them back. But uh, stoked to be here with you guys. Well, and like we and me and uh, Mike Gills were talking about, I don't know how much you heard of that, but and for anybody that picked Ortega, this is not how they picked the fight. He looked so different than he did two years ago on such an extreme layoff. His striking came so far Dude, from getting it, trounced by Holloway that it's like almost unthinkable. Yeah, it was plus money. It was plus money to go even five rounds. His best odds, his like lowest odds were like plus, it was a submission. He was supposed to win by submission if he was going to win. Never in my life that he thought he was going to do that five-round uh, domination, but fuck that elbow, Yair. You fucking taught my boy fucking to take of that shit. Stupid. Uh, no, it's definitely rough. Well, here's hoping we have a little bit 
better luck here coming up on UFC 254, which is where we're hopping into right now. We're still in Abu Dhabi, but this time we're for a pay-per-view. So we only lost one fight last time. Here's hoping we don't lose any, even though I know I'm jinxing that, considering that uh, Inkalaya versus Kutalaba 2, but fifth time they've made it, is happening. But we'll go for it's the very happening. first fit in the card. <laughs> I, don't know, I wanted to have, I'm to a point now that I'm stoked that it's happening and that it's on Fight Island, because apparently Fight Island keeps away jinxes. And the only reason that the heavyweight fight between Gon and the other guy got canceled is because the guy that he was fighting had like a pre-existing contract that didn't get cleared when he got signed to the UFC. Which is, I would think you'd have that stuff figured out. But either way, we're jumping in to UFC 254. The first fight is Joel Alvarez, minus 155, versus Alexander Yakovlev, plus 135. Mikey Gills, talk to us about Alvarez versus Yakovlev. All right, let's start off with uh, Joel Alvarez, 17 and 2, two knockouts, 15 submissions, six foot three, 77 inch reach, going off for $9,000. He's two and one since entering the UFC. He's won his last two straight. Uh, most recently retiring Joe Duffy back in July. May his career rest in peace. He's primarily a grappler. A grappler. He'll die for that takedown immediately. But conversely, <laughs> on, the, on the other side, he'll also allow himself to be taken down. Very confident in his ground game, and he's aggressive as all hell once it gets down there. Facing Alexander Yakolev. Nine knockouts, nine submissions, 25, 10, and 1. Uh, six foot three. I think I messed up. The other one was six foot. Seventy four inch reach. Seventy two hundred dollars on DraftKings. He's three and five since entering the UFC. Most recently dropping a decision to Roosevelt Roberts uh, last back in November. And let's face it, that loss looks way worse ever since Roberts lost to the murderer himself, Kevin Kroom. He's uh, very well. <laughs> sorry, had, had had to bring him back up. Um, very well rounded. Good stand up. He's solid on the ground. Is uh, my worry about him coming into this fight is that he actually thinks he's a little bit better on the ground than he actually is. Uh, he'd be best to keep this fight standing if he can, but I think Alvarez gets him down to the ground and can submit him pretty quick. I think he's just a level above, and I think he's going to show it here. For nine grand, I think he's a really good, one of the better top-end plays on DraftKings, and I re- definitely recommend him in your lineup. Yakolev, 7,200, kind of a stay away for me. Real Mike. Yeah, I like Joe Alvarez here. I, I think his determination, uh, his grit. I think that Yokolov uh, plays a little too much of a point fighting and uh, kind of like... Uh, uh, Wonder Boy Thompson, and so I, I don't. I just I think the Alvarez will win here submission. I'm kind of with with all of this stuff. I got reminded, and then I had to rewatch it and realize how funny it is. Where uh, Alexander Yakovlev was getting uh, out kickboxed by Damian Maya and dropped, mm-hmm. which is yeah. rough to see in hindsight. No offense to Damian Maya, we're big Damian Maya fans. Yeah, love you, Damian. Just I don't know. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Joel Alvarez. I think Yakovlev is just like. He's scraping at the barrel to be able to stay in the UFC, and I think this probably will be what's going to bounce him out of there. So pick his Alvarez. Got got no money on it, but picks right there. Next up, Casey Kenny, minus 200 versus Nathaniel Wood, plus 170. Real Mike. Break yeah. down Kenny versus Wood for me. I, I, I like Casey Kenny here. I think Casey Kenny's uh, wrestling, his transition ability. I know Nathaniel Wood also has some good, uh, decent wrestling and some good transitions and 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 the all overall good game, but uh, Casey Kenny is the real deal. I believe that his mixed martial arts game is is just on another level uh, than Nathaniel Wood. I think Nathaniel Wood uh, thinks super highly of himself too. Uh, I, so I favor Casey Kenny. I think he'll get the W. Uh, yeah, started off uh, Casey Kenny, fifteen two and one, two knockouts, five subs. He's going off for eighty seven hundred dollars on DraftKings. He's won his last two straight since he lost uh, Marab Davershelli. And one thing I've noticed from just talking to people about this fight leading up to it is that fight really has people kind of turned around on Kenny. They keep saying things like, oh, he's not that good. Did you see what Marab did to him? Like, calm down, calm down. 
Marab is a different animal. So don't discount Kenny's wrestling coming into this fight because it's gonna it's gonna play a really big part in this. Because going up against Nathaniel Woods, seventeen and four, eight knockouts, six subs, going off for seventy five hundred on DraftKings. Uh, good fighter, former Cage Warriors champ. He's four and one since coming to the UFC. Uh, really good win over Andre Ole, which is looking better every day. He did lose a fight to John Dodson, but people forget that he was on really good in that fight up until the end. Uh, stylistically, he's good everywhere. You know, good stand up, good on the ground. He's got a really big reach advantage in this fight, and I think that's what he's going to need to kind of keep um, keep Kenny away from him because the wrestling of Casey Kennedy, if he gets in close, I think he's going to take him down, just kind of stay on top, and just make a lot of trouble for Wood on the ground. Eighty seven hundred dollars for Kenny. I think he got he most likely can get a decision on him, but I could also see a finish for eighty seven hundred dollars. I think there are maybe one or two better plays in that price range on DK, but if you can find a way and he fits your price range, more than happy to put Casey Kenny in there. I'm so glad that uh, that real uh, that Mikey's going to get this one thrown first. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Sorry, I was pausing for a oh. second. I was looking something up. I, I still have to break down a Wood versus Kenny, but then yeah, they're going to get this next one first. Which Sorry, no sorry, I was, I was thinking ahead. <laughs> no, it's yeah. fine. I, I, can I, I spaced, put my, I I put spaced my hat for a second. Back one now? You can now that we're not talking about Brian Ortega anymore. Yeah, I mean, Ortega too. No, get over here. Know, I was unless wondering you want to like... have it, unless you want to have it that way to like you know go for Stefan Struve, or if you want to have it that way to kind of support. I, I guess that's another what... guy that shaves his head on the card, but and that's not even really shaped. It's it's just. Hey, Halloween's coming soon, Uncle Esther. Keep that shit fucking under wraps. <laughs> God, see, you weren't even here yet. This was in honor of me. Uh, slant. This is my disrespect haircut after the Brian Ortega fight. Hey, you you know you know what's funny is that I actually thought about doing that. And I was like, oh, my God, my hair is way too beautiful, dude. Fuck all that. Yeah, mine's not. This is the, this is the best option yeah. I have right here. Nah, I got good fucking beautiful thick locks. So. Uh, sorry. My take on Kenny versus <laughs> Space. I forgot that I had talked about that. Obviously, reminder to everyone out here, I've been up since about 2.45. So things start to get a little hazy after a while. 4.30 here. <laughs> um, I really like Kenny here. Um, what's not necessarily bothering me, but uh, he's kind of going through that stage of a wrestler where he's starting to fall in love with his hands a little bit. They all do it. Every single one of them does it. Um, in terms of on the feet, he ha- doesn't have necessarily have the advantage, but he starts to if he leans that way too much, he can find himself lit up. If he does trust his wrestling, I think he can completely nullify and like, just cruise it to an easy decision against Nathaniel Wood if that's the way he's willing to go. So my pick is Kenny. I do think that he has the makings of like an upper tier bantamweight. So I'm going to pick him here. Obviously, minus 200, <laughs> not that big of a surprise, but here we go. Now, this was the one that real mike is talking about um it is liana jojua versus miranda maverick top gun like it you want me? so no, mikey gill is going to this it. one first because yeah it just ended up that way well it was it was i was just i was just it was your turn anyways coming so i happened to see that it happened to be well, these two fucking not worth really talking about and so i'm just stoked to see what mikey gill's is going to inform me of about DraftKings because I honestly don't fucking know. All right, well, I'll tell you what. We're, this makes sense. We're going to start off with Miranda Maverick. Seven and two, five subs, two decisions. She's going off for 9,300 on DraftKings. She's actually someone I'm familiar with. So I'm, I'm, it's funny you said that. I've seen her fight live before in Baltimore. She fought for the Shogun promotion like a year or two ago. Anyway, she's Wait. making her – yeah, right? She's making her UFC debut. She's won her last three fights. Uh, also, has two other wins in that span, the Invina Fictic, uh, Phoenix series, 
But most recently, she beat Pearl Gonzalez, who's one of my like personally favorite crazy women of the sport. I love her. Um, really good ground game. She works from the clinch. She likes to like put people against the cage, throw them down, and more often than not, she gets a submission. Going up against Liana Jojo, she's eight and three, one knockout, six submissions, five foot four, sixty-two inch reach, going off for sixty-nine hundred. One and one since entering the UFC. Seven finishes and eight career fights. Gotta love that. Kind of, it's kind of weird though with her with her um, backstory. It says that she has a base in Muay Thai, but when you watch her strike, she's really not all that good at all. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of like me when I tell people that I have a background in karate because I took free lessons when I was seven. I got a yeah. white belt, and that's that's kind of how I see it. But well, like, twenty four you know, hour fitness, twenty four hour fitness. You know they have these kickboxing classes and stuff. So maybe they had a Muay Thai class, and all of a sudden, fucking dude, fucking striped. You know, dude, I work out before work. I get I get the bag. <laughs> Sorry. What were you saying, Mike? Oh, I just was going off on that tangent. Oh. Sorry. Oh, well, either way. Uh, she's really good on the ground. Super slick submission game. This fight, it's kind of a pick em for me. It's two girls around the same, par- same point in their careers. Both of them like to go for subs. I could see a three-round decision. I would think Maverick would be the favorite because she doesn't fall to her back like I've seen Jojoa do in the videos. Uh, for me, it's, it's a stay away unless you think Jojoa can uh, pull off a sub from the bottom maybe. But I'm not going to be playing either of these girls. But if I'm just making a straight pick, it's Miranda Maverick. Yeah, and so uh, with this one, it's so weird, man. I have negative 400 plus for, or you know, for uh, a chick that pretty much no one knows much about besides you know what like Mikey informed us of. I, I just don't see. I just don't see why anyone would throw that down unless the bitch was just bad fucking ass to be negative 400. I don't see any value there at all. So I'm going to go with the underdog there, uh, uh, Jojua, and, and just hope that she gets a submission from her back. But uh, I don't, I mean, don't put, re- I mean, don't put real money on that, but that's just, I just don't see why you would put negative, put 400 bucks to make a hundred on, on Maverick when she, she's never been top gun to anyone yet. Love that play on words. Um, uh, I'm going to pick uh, Maverick, not because she's a huge favorite, but because she is, Similar to what Mike Gill says, she's the only one I'm familiar with. I, I, I watched the Capella Gonzalez fight. I knew of her from her fight before that. And other than that, that's about all I got on her. Whereas the other girl, I've never even heard of and had didn't watch any fight tape on her. So this is a, I'm picking Miranda Maverick, but I don't have much to base that off of other than the fact that I'm more familiar with one than the other. But full disclosure on that one. Next up, Da Un. Jung, minus 345. This is at light heavyweight uh, versus Sam Alvey, plus 285. Real Mike, the Korean zombie training partner versus the American top model husband. Where are you at? (laughs) Oh, man. If Korean zombie would have won, I could have rolled into this one hot and heavy. But fuck, dude. Killed my whole vibes on this Korean train right now. Former one champion... Da Jung is is <laughs> this is the moment that Sam Alvey is finally gonna get put out. I just I just I, he hasn't been put out. He needs at least that I remember right. Is it correct? He hasn't been put out. Oh, uh, not Alvey. recently. I'm trying to uh, Jimmy Crute and Ooh, Antonio Rogério Nogueira. Okay, so I was wrong. That was like two years ago. Either way, so he's been put out. I was lied. So. I just think that Da Eun Jung is just way more, is way younger, way stronger, has way more grit. Um, I, Sam Alvey's just been kind of playing this this game of just walking the wire fucking forever. Uh, you know, he's a great guy, great dude, great husband, I'm sure, and all these things. But uh, Da Eun Jung should win here by KO. 
Yeah, uh, I keep going on Don and Jung. Uh, 13 and 2. He's six foot four, 78 and a half inch reach, 10 knockouts, two submissions, going off for $9,400 on DraftKings. So far, he's 2 and 0 in the UFC. He hasn't lost since his third career fight. But you guys know what I like to do. I like to go through the records, see, you know, if people are a little fraudulent. The shit show. He's had some questionable opponents. Super, <laughs> super questionable. Um, since, since 2015, he has 12 wins. Six of those opponents did not have winning records. And he fought one guy who was just named Hulk. That's it. No last name, no Hogan. He wasn't Paul Hogan. (laughs) He's just Hulk. He had one MMA fight total. It was against this guy, and he got smoked in the first round. Um, So far in the UFC, he's beaten Mike Rodriguez, who was a win-lose fighter, and he's beaten Kadisa Bragamov, who has been nothing short of terrible. But with that being said, the second part of my rule is if you're beating fighters that you should in a way you should – I'm, I'm willing to forgive it if you're just rolling through bad competition, and that's what he's doing. He's killing everybody. Out of his 13 wins, he has 12 finishes, and two of them are in the UFC so far. Going up against Sam Alvey. I'm going to smile through this whole thing. 33 and 14, I can't do it. I feel like such a tool. Uh, 20 right. knockouts, three submissions, six foot two, 76-inch reach, going off for 6,800. Super expensive. Anyway, uh, he's lost four in a row. He's at the tail end of his career, and his best days were never that great to begin with. He's slow, he lacks power, and he can be finished. But to be fair, he is game. This is a guy who will show up and fight to the best of his ability. The problem with Sam Alvey is just his ceiling is just not that high anyway, so whatever. Dion Jung can and should win this fight based on everything I've seen from his tape. Sam Alvey's at the point where he's just being brought in to lose. It's kind of like if you watch... Uh, Breaking Bad. He's the fake Heisenberg. They just pay you to go to prison for for like if you have to get out of a crime. He's that guy. They're bringing him in to lose at ninety one, ninety four hundred dollars on DraftKings. I think you can trust Jung to score you big points, and I think he's actually a really good play. Uh, Sam Alvey, complete stay away unless you know somebody falls out and breaks their leg. Nothing. Yeah. Well, this one's rough because Sam Alvey has perpetually needed to be a middleweight, and he was for a stretch of time, uh, including competing on the ultimate fighter, making it consistently at 185. He said like that almost killed him, but either way, he did it. And uh, he's playing at 205. He was a slow middleweight. He is a slower light heavyweight. He, his best weapon is the fact that he wades in against the cage and he has a really strong counter shot. That's pretty much all he's got. Um, I've been impre- impressed with Jung thus far in the UFC, but like Mike Gill says, that level of competition is iffy although i think mike rodriguez would also be the favorite against sam alvey and i don't know about cadiz because i've said such terrible terrible things about cadiz but um uh, i've been impressed with jung like i've said and but he's a true light heavyweight uh, but the size on him and he really could score big for you guys the, obviously the only thing that i worry about is sam alvey doing some veteran stuff where he's losing the entire fight and then in the third round just just pops him and gets a finish it would be very sam alvey like to get a finish in the third round in a fight that he is losing to somehow stay in the UFC. Just, it makes sense. But I hope it doesn't happen. I like Jung, but I don't know. Sam Alvey going to Sam Alley. So um, I'll just, I'll move on because on that one, like I said, it's like minus 345 against somebody for Sam Alvey is always a little bit hinky unless it's someone with world stopping power, which I'm not sure. Because even though Alvey has been put out recently, it usually takes quite a bit of power to do so. Next up, Alex, Cowboy, Oliveira, Quite the losing skid. Uh, minus one twenty-five versus Shavcat. Shavcat. Sha- Shavcat is a dope name, dude. Uh, but see, but I want to say Shavcat. Sha- 
Shavkat Kopenhaver, dude. Shavkat Kopenhaver, dude. Well, it's Shavkat Rachmanov. Yeah, his last name sucks compared to mine, but it's all right. Shavkat Rachmanov. I'm done. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> plus. <laughs> Shavkat with fire, Rachmanov. Boom. Ooh, I like that one better. <laughs> Cat Rock Molotov. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here with that. I'm walking away on that one. Good luck, guys. <laughs> that was Good perfect. Luck. He was actually the one who was supposed to be on this card. He was actually real Mike. I don't know if you knew this. Our, our buddy Shavcat here. The original fight he was supposed to have was going to be against EDS, which would have mm-hmm. been awesome. Zaleski Dos Santos. Yeah. And that would have been a fantastic fight. Um, obviously, uh, Zaleski backed out. And now we got Cowboy Oliveira. Uh, Cowboy Oliveira, both hoping hoping to get back in the winning column, and then also hoping to get some money to give to one of his like seven baby mamas, like twelve kids at this point, on the same block in Brazil, because that's just how the cowboy rolls. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Mikey Gills breakdown: Cowboy Oliveira versus Shave Cat. Uh, real sorry, quick, like are, are either of you guys looking at Cowboy's notes right now for his record? Right, the second uh, negative. I could, no, I just could get it up I, real fast. I, I must have. Uh, I must have written it down wrong, or maybe I didn't. I don't know. But I, I have it that he that he won his two most recent fights and dropped three before that. Am I? Oh, that's right. The Peter. Sub- okay, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I, was, okay. I was going all the way back to the Nicholas Dalby fight. So yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was looking. I completely I skipped over had, the dude's last two fights. <laughs> no, I had like a wave of panic rush over me. I was thinking that I put like the wrong notes under the wrong no, name. It's weird. I, no, it's I was right. remembering the, it's okay. I was remembering, Yeah, I was remembering the Griffin yeah. fight, and I thought he lost that split decision. I didn't even remember the Peter Sabata fight. Well, no, I, the only reason I, the only reason I was even bringing it up is because like that would have like kind of trashed everything that I was about to say. <laughs> I just had like a wave of panic walk over me. Anyway, oh, no, 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 no. He's, he's he's got the two wins. He's got the two wins. Yeah. <laughs> you are right. Cow- Cowboy Oliver, he's twenty-two, eight and one, twelve knockouts, five subs, going off for eighty-five hundred dollars on DraftKings. Uh, one is two most recent fights after dropping three before that, and like, we've all seen Cowboy fight a thousand times. Muay Thai style on the feet. He's pretty slick on the ground. Just, you know, a solid, good, but not great fighter. He's only 32 years old, which sounds weird to say because it feels like he's been around forever. And I, and when it comes to the matchmaking in this fight, I feel like we've all kind of seen his potential. And the UFC has seen the same. Because like, they're putting him up against Shave Cat, Rock Molotov. He's 12-0, seven knockouts, 12 su- I'm sorry, five subs. He's finished every single fight in his career. Six foot one going off for $7,700. He's making his UFC debut. Like I said, he's finished every fight and he's faced some pretty legitimate competition outside of the UFC. Like I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've watched all of his fights in M1 or he was in another one, uh, battle of the nomads. I'm not staying up late to watch battle of the nomads. I'm sorry. I just don't, but you can watch those fights and you can see like that. He's facing some guys who know what they're doing. He's a really good combat Sambo guy. He's going to work to bring this fight to the ground, smash you from top position, pound you out, get a sub. It doesn't matter for uh, $7,700. He's the first underdog that I'm picking on this card. I think he's going to get in there and just get it done against the veteran. I think the UFC is setting him up on this. I don't really understand the pricing on DraftKings. I think it's just out of name recognition and familiarity. I think people understand like Cowboy Oliveira and they're hoping to make people money on. But for me, Rachmanov, 7,700 seems like easy money. Am I crazy? What do you guys think? No, I, I'm gonna. I'm with you. She was. He was gonna be my other bet, but I. Uh, we have one coming up. I. Uh, I like Shavkat. I think that he's got a way better ground game. He's been doing mixed martial arts and and just fighting in general way longer than Alex Cowboy Oliver, who was also was a former bullfighter. Uh, no disrespect to him in that sport. That shit's crazy, and I love it. But the fact is, is Alex Oliveira has just been here off just brute athleticism. 
He is not here because he's the most talented striker. He's not here because he has the best jujitsu. He's just here because he literally is a brute and can throw around pounds, whether it's a horse or whether it's a cow, whether it may, whatever it may be. But at this point, this is not going to happen. I think that this is the this is this is pretty much the easiest money on on the card. I'm personally going to be betting Shavkat myself. Uh, I think that uh, this underdog here is going to absolutely uh, just roll here. He do whatever he wants to Alex Oliveira. He's far superior, um, you know. And Alex Oliveira also he has had former nose. He's had nose injury in the past. He does not like to be hit in the nose like he used to be. Um, yes, he has won a, a last fight and, and looked decent, but he still does not like to be hitting that nose and does not want it reconstructed. It's just something that once you had your nose broken and, and you just you just always think about it. So Shavkat's going to roll here. Easy money. Mikey's going to hit it. No, I uh, agree with both of you guys on that one there. Um, Oliveira, when he has the strength advantage, he obviously wins more often than not like in the clinch and stuff like that but people can out technique him fairly well is especially if they can uh oliver is a bit of a front runner and the whole nose thing kind of adds to that like once he starts getting pressures once he starts getting hit in the nose once a couple of his uh takedowns or pushing against the fence get like defended or uh, flipped flipped on him it's like he he just kind of melts away his confidence melts away and i like uh shave cat a lot here sorry for if everyone's watching yeah. live i was i was very diligent staring down i was really really trying to put a series of emojis together of shave cat rock <laughs> molotov <laughs> But so I got I got the razor right and I got the cat right and then I couldn't get just a rock so I did the rock symbol cool oh, but then nice. I, I went for like I went tried to get like a wine bottle and I was gonna fire next to it but apparently the only thing is a champagne bottle it's pointing the wrong direction like my, my <laughs> that got screwed up so I had to move on. <laughs> one, one last thing I wanted to throw out there about the the Oliveira thing the reason that I was uh concerned about the win the win thing is I wanted to I wanted to make the point that. When, the, when I said the UFC had seen his potential already, I think with him coming off those two wins, it is the perfect spot for a guy that they want to promote like Rachmanov, just so we can go in there and be like, oh, no, look, this guy wasn't complete trash. He went in there and beat somebody, you know, who was still on top of his game. That, Listen, that's kind of the point. We're, we're spot on right now because look at the fucking odds right now. We got a newcomer coming in fighting Alex Oliveira, who's supposedly a vet, you know OG veteran. It's just bait money on him for Oliveira, in my opinion. I'm trying. I'm trying to find out when um, Zaleski backed out, only because I because I know it's shorter notice for um, Cowboy Oliveira, but I don't I, I don't know how much short notice and short notice to go all the way to Abu Dhabi to fight someone is, is quite the thing. So I, I don't have the exact date on there. I can't quite find it. They couldn't find it the place I was looking. But either way, we're all for the shaved cat. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is one of two heavyweight fights that we're going to talk quite a bit about. Um, but we're going to start with Real Mike on this one because he has a bet for this one. We have Stefan, the skyscraper. I retired and then I came back. I'm seven foot with a gigantic reach, but don't use it. Struve minus 115 versus Ty. I was recently cut by the UFC, but they need people because everybody wants to fight during COVID, but they need more fighters to Avasa is minus 105. So real Mike, big heavyweights. Yeah, uh, this is a rare moment where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet a heavyweight fight. Uh, Ty to Avasa is, is just, to me, a way, way way more powerful striker than Stefan Struve. 
He's just way, way more athletic, way younger, has just just more to offer. Stefan Struff is just is so spotty and iffy. I, I just I, I don't I never know what's coming with that. He's he was kind of like OSP before OSP decided to just come, you know, resurrect himself a little bit. But uh, I, I just think that uh, Tai Tuivasa is going to be way too much. His power is going to end up catching uh, Stefan Struff on his chin, and he's going to end up flat on his back like Jesus on a cross. So I'm going to be betting uh, 1.05. Or was it one? What was the odds right now, Bob? Uh, it's minus 105 right now. So 1.05 units to win one. 1.05 units to win one on Tai Tuivasa to resurrect Stefan Struff. Okay, so so the odds actually favor Tuivasa right now, right? Is that what I just no. heard? Or is no. Basically... Okay, I, I thought I it, it's, it's basically no. a pick. It's basically a pick. It's right? almost Struve a pick. Struve is minus 115. He minus, minus 105. So like slight, slight favorite, but they're both, it's a pick. Okay, sorry. I was like, I was half heard the last part. I just wanted to uh, oh, make sure or something. No, sorry, dude. No, because Tai Tuivasa, he's the underdog on DraftKings too. And I, I, we should mention this real quick. We don't like get together before this and pick our, our no. picks. This is completely natural. I'm also taking Tai Tuivasa. He's $7,900 on DraftKings, 10 and three with nine knockouts. This is a guy that you want to bet on against a guy like Stefan Struve. You know, he's he's uh, really hard to take down. He's going to be a key in this fight because Struve's really only chance that I see is on the ground. He's got real solid leg kicks, big power in his feet. And you never know. Stefan Struve, he might have those Rocky Five flashbacks when he goes up against like a Pacific Islander. He just jaw just shatters in his mind. Who knows? But anyway, seven, Stefan Struve, 29 and 12. He's six foot, 11 and a half. I'm just going to call him seven foot. It sounds better. 84 and a half inch reach might as well be 63 inches the way he uses it. $8,300 on DraftKings. He's lost four out of his last five with wins over there, mixed over a pumped up 205er, Marcos Rogerio de Lima, and the other one being in, against his aforementioned retirement. Anyway, he comes back, gets kicked in the balls about 67 times by Ben Rothwell, then gets knocked out again. Hi, buddy. But um, anyway, like I said, he, he doesn't know how to use his distance. He's got an 84 and a half inch reach. He has no idea how to use it. He's never learned how to use it. He's been in the UFC for like a decade plus. Still has no idea how to hide behind a jab. It's the most insane thing happening. The best highlight of this guy's career happened on Fuel TV, if you want to know how long it's been since he's been good. He's a kickboxer, uh, bro. He's Dutch, dude. Yeah, yeah, sure. He, he, he's, <laughs> he's such a good kickboxer that his only chance in this fight is on the ground. <laughs> but no. Uh, Seriously. Tai Tuavasa, $7,900 on DraftKings. Again, this is another underdog I'm taking on DraftKings. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. If yeah, you told- Mikey. No, if you told me to like just pick the prices myself on there, I would have had tied to Avasa as like an eighty-four, eighty-five hundred dollar guy. But shit, I can save money on him. Let's go all day. Shit, I don't even play DraftKings, and I had him at eighty-five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm echoing the sentiment on Tai to Avasa going against my Dutch brother there, Stefan Struve. But Tai to Avasa, I mean, I, he he recently lost to. Sergey Spivak, which which is not a good thing. Obviously, that's not a good thing. But and it was by submission. So similar to what Mikey Gill said, Stefan Struve's really only chance in this is by submission. But he only goes to submission when he's forced to get into a submission position. Basically, like he goes to the ground when someone takes him to the ground. He gets an advantageous position when someone puts himself there. Don't worry, he's an opportunistic submission finisher. But when he's forced to do so, um. I think Taito Vasa at this point has by far the better chin. Struve has been knocked out seven times within the UFC, and brutally, he's coming off another one of those after like a failed retirement. And before that, it's like he's 
he at least always had a little bit of snappy punches to him. Like they're not there anymore. And um, I, I don't know. I just see, I just can really, Taitu Vaso is just explosive enough. And especially on that first step where you could just see him lunging in past that reach, throwing one of the, like those haymaker windmill punches that does not look pretty, but lands and Struve just falls straight back and just straight explodes. So I'm going to go with Taitu Vaso here just because. I mean, Struve has never been what he was going to be. And I, I was very happy when he retired. And I want him to go back to that, even if it's forced to be so. So, Taitu Avasa put the man to sleep. Next up, we have the fight that was, the fight that could be, the fight that never was, and then never wasn't, and then never wasn't, and then never wasn't, and then now is again. Magomed Ankalaev minus 300 versus Ion Kudalaba plus 250. Uh, I was talking to. Mike Gills ahead of time. I just rewatched this fight going into it. And I remember watching live thinking it was complete BS. Ian Kudalaba was rocked. He did it's a good thing they called the fight, all that kind of stuff. A little bit early, but whatever. Rewatching it. It's like there's no way he was actually rocked. It was so very clear that he was just trying to mess with Ankle Live and get him to start throwing wildly because every single time he would click back in and answer with a strike, he was whipping it faster than I think any strike I've ever seen Ian Kudalaba throw. So just for, to, as a preface that this fight kind of sort of happened and then for sure didn't happen four more times, but now it's happening again. Maybe <laughs> real Mike, no Mikey Gill. Sorry. Real Mike, the last one, Mikey Gills, Ankaliyev versus Kutalaba, the fight that we've broken down four times. Were you on the show when we broke it down the first time? I want to say I wasn't here the first time, but I, I can't it, be sure. I missed it by like a week or two. I've at least done it three times. I know that. Like you guys may have reviewed it on the show that I wasn't on. That's hey, how like you hey, were. To... Episode sixty today. That's Fire. true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I guess start off with our Magomed Akalea. Do we have to go through the whole thing again, or can we just kind of? No, you can hit very much high points, yeah. or okay. like, cause like for me, I'm for sure going to be like, hey, I've broken this down three times before. Look up what it is, and you can yeah. go back. Do your yeah. thing. <laughs> Everyone kind of knows. I, I, the pick is Magomed Akhalayev. Uh, one thing worth noting about Ian Kutalaba is he's lost four times since he's been in the UFC. Three of them have been by stoppage. We've already kind of seen when these guys go together that he's resorting, he's resorting to trickery to try to get a win. That's not a good sign. That doesn't work twice. And to <laughs> me, that's a sign that he knows he can't win. Uh, Ankhalayev, he's $8,900 on DraftKings. For me, he's a lock. Ian uh, uh, Kutalaba, his chance, we all know what it is. His chance is to try to draw you into a firefight and clip your chin and knock you to sleep. I don't think it's going to happen against this guy. Ankalaos is more technical on the feet, on the ground, everywhere. He's just a better fighter. So Ankalaos is the pick for me. Kutzlob at 7,300, though, maybe if you need that pick, there is the chance. You talk about path to victory in DraftKings for underdogs. That is that he has one. It's clear knockout. You know, that's how he's got to do it. But I don't see it happening, so I would, I'm not going to play him. But there you go. Yeah, um, on this one, uh, Magomed was clearly winning the the last fight and just was more dominant. I know I'll give Ian Kudlaba a little bit of credit. He he was, I know, rope doping a little bit and kind of faking and looking stupid, you know, a, a couple times. But dude, he was losing. And the bottom line is he's gonna lose. So Magomed uh, Ankalov is just uh just better, a little bit better everywhere, and that's that's just not good for uh, the Hulk. So uh, sad to say, the Hulk's gonna get smashed. I like I like that wordplay. No, <laughs> dude, the mo- I'm on a roll with the Modelo, dude, bro. The Modelo, know, dude, me if you guys don't understand this, 
all three of us are big fans of wordplay. So if you de- if you want to get your like tweet retweeted like a million times or a shout out on the show, it's like get us some of that like some like, something good with wordplay <laughs> or something very punny. And or, or a I'm gift all even that a gift that just makes me laugh at just perfectly. Well, it's it's why me and Mike Gills were talking beforehand. I, I don't know I don't know where I found it, but when he kept talking about the gagey Khabib fight, which we'll get to in a little bit, I found this gif of someone shushing his girlfriend, but then he like rubs his finger back and forth. And <laughs> yeah, that is now my new favorite gif. I'll send it every time. Awesome. Sorry, we'll I, we'll get back on task to the fight everyone's been waiting for. Oh wait, no. <laughs> hey, hey, we're not as bad as the fight companion. All right, we, at least we can talk about fights here. <laughs> yeah, we talk about fights. Lauren Murphy. Well, I guess this is a fight. Lauren Murphy minus two forty versus Lilia Shirakova. Um, who apparently is like the number four fighter, number four fighter in China. So big time. This is actually going to be, a, a, this is actually China. probably, yeah, this is going to be an actually a very meaningful fight. Originally, it was going to be Lauren Murphy versus uh, Cynthia Calvillo before Calvillo uh, had to withdraw uh, injury, I believe. And now it's just another one of those fights where veteran Lauren Murphy is probably going to get a veteran decision. So, man, I know kind of, Basically, my breakdown on the fight. Um, hey, real Mike, you want to talk about <laughs> you know Murphy, your favorite fighter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the craziest part is that normally, normally I would have a fucking some fun right now talking shit, but right now, right now, Lauren Murphy is Donald Trump, and the other girl is Biden, and all I got <laughs> is Donald Trump Murphy right now. So Murphy is gonna absolutely beat the shit out of this other girl. I think she has now she's she understands the ferocity needed to finish someone. I think she'll finish the little the little Asian. I think that uh it's just too much too soon, for, especially for the you know, the women's division is it's a little different than the men's. You don't just walk in here and just all of a sudden, you know, get a fox with people. I've doubted Murphy many, many fucking times. I swear if this bitch fucks me right now, dude, I'm gonna be so pissed. I'm glad I'm not betting on her because I'd never bet on her. But Lauren Murphy is gonna win, so bet on her. Uh- all right uh, i guess to me <laughs> uh, <laughs> lauren murphy uh if we're talking about things to like and things that we like about fighters she beat roxanne modafari in her last fight so for me that makes her my favorite fighter because I, oh, I hate roxanne fuck. modafari um <laughs> hey, hey my boy bob and has made this show at least four to five units on my bitch roxy at least i i, I would gladly burn it, it would be 11 if i actually pulled the trigger on that yeah. One Bottom line is, hey, don't don't get too crazy on my bitch Roxy. All right, I know she's stupid. I know she's stupid, but she's my stupid bitch. All right, well, I would love to bet. Uh, talk about how much we could bet on her for DraftKings, but right now, because this fight was announced recently, there is no price for either of these on DraftKings yet. Uh, Lauren Murphy, just getting right back to her real quick. She's kind of like a jack of trade, jack of all trade style fighter. No real actual specific things. Just kind of an all around fighter. Going up against uh, Lilia Shakarova. She's 8-1, and one, three knockouts, one sub, making her UFC debut, taking this fight on short notice. She's won her last three fights. And when you watch the tape on her, I know she's very patient on the feet. She doesn't overcommit on her strike. She's, she'll wait for that perfect moment. But then when that perfect moment hits, she actually shoots a pretty legit fast blast double, fast blast double leg. Mm-hmm. She gets low. She covers a lot of distance in a hurry. Uh, even when the prices come out, though, I'm not going to play either of these in, uh, you know, in DraftKings. Put a gun to my head. I would just take Lauren Murphy. She has more experience, octagon jitters, all that. But as far as making a pick uh, based in reality, I I just don't really know. I don't know enough about the Shakarova girl. I gotta, 
maybe later on in the week, I'll have a better pick. Check out Twitter for that. But for right now, it's Murphy. Murphy's <laughs> going to do veteran stuff. It's not going to be an entertaining fight. And somehow she's going to get another one inside the UFC. Moving on. Phil Hawes, minus 16 Megatron, is fighting Jacob Mulcone, plus 220. Mikey Gills. Phil Hawes versus Mulcone. I'm Pretty actually sure I'm uh, all that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually pretty excited about this fight. I'll uh, start off with Phil Hawes, eight and two, six knockouts, two submissions, six foot, seventy-seven and a half inch reach, going off for ninety-one hundred dollars, making his official UFC debut after winning four straight, most least, most recently on the Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, that fight was just over a month ago. Worth noting, uh, he's a freak athlete with a serious wrestling base. He was a JUCO national champ in college. Uh, trains with John Jones, so you got that little narrative. I'm sure it'll get brought up 15 times during the fight. But you know, when it comes to watching a fight, this is a bad dude to have on top of you. And that's not even talking about how much ground he can cover on the feet with his power, with his strikes. Guy's got some legit speed and power. Um, the, the, the thing you got to worry about this guy when you watch the tape on him is he's a kind of defensive liability on the feet. You watch a couple of his fights. Um, his last loss was a really bad knockout about four years ago. He took a year off after that fight. We talked about how it's a good idea. He shored up a lot of those holes on defense. Going up against uh, Jacob Malkoon, 4-0, two knockouts, two, de- two decisions, going off for 7,100 on DraftKings. Um, making his UFC debut, he hasn't fought since October of last year. He's 4-0 as a pro MMA fighter, also 3-0 as a professional boxer. You watch him fight, and he has really decent, you know, decent stand-up. Nothing really blows your socks off, but he does mix it up well. He throws a lot of kicks. Goes like whole body, legs, body, head, you know, and then he follows it up with some good punches. Yeah, he doesn't look bad on the feet. On the ground, he's a purple belt, though. And I think when you're fighting a guy like a Juco national champ who's a physical freak like Hawes is, I just don't think that's going to be able to get it done. I'm taking Hawes to win this. I think he's got a speed advantage on the feet. He can stay out of trouble. And his wrestling advantage is night and day once they hit the ground. I think he gets on top and he finishes this fight. The UFC really seems to want to push him, too. They want to get behind him here. They've given him multiple chances to get on TV through the Ultimate Fighter, through Dana White's Contender Series twice. And now he's getting a pay-per-view fight in his debut. I think they know something we don't. They really want to push him. For $9,100, I think he's pretty much a lock in this fight. I'm going to play him on DraftKings. Yeah, on this, I'm I'm pretty much gonna echo uh, what Mikey said. Uh, Phil uh, Phil Haas is just the the boss Haas. Is I, I like instead of boss hog, he's boss Haas. He's gonna absolutely dominate. I, he, everywhere he's just better. I I love the guy. I think that he's just got a, a lot of skill. I think that's why they're actually showcasing him this high up in the main card. Um, for a guy that most people don't know, I, I just I really like the kid. I I think that uh. Even at his price tag, it's still uh, actually pretty cheap. I think he could be more uh, favored, especially when you had a negative 400 girl in the beginning of the fucking card. Shit's crazy. <laughs> My biggest issue with this fight is Phil Haas should win. Phil Haas should absolutely win. Phil Haas is going to win. My issue is I do not think he is a good fighter, and I do not think he's going to stick in, in the UFC. They are obsessed with him because he trains with John Jones and all that stuff. Anytime he has ever taken a step up in competition, he has lost. He Agreed. lost getting into the Ultimate Fighter versus Andrew Sanchez, who's okay. He lost in WSOF, WSOF to Lewis Taylor, now PFL, and now he's a millionaire. But and Lewis Taylor's good. But I can't believe like, he won a million fucking dollars. He's not a showstopper. Like Lewis Taylor is still the guy in WSOF that my man David Branch humbled multiple times, and <laughs> Phil, Phil lost Julian Marquez knocked him out in the second round with a head kick like they keep wanting to push this guy and they keep putting him on the 
Dana White's contender series to boost him up. It's like he he's 31. If he's not going to be even close to the fighter he will ultimately be, it's not happening. If he is not already top 10 at 31 and could probably not even be top 15 in the middleweight division, he's not going to be. So I don't understand the constant push unless John Jones like has them by the ear. Be like, you have to give him a chance. You have to give him a chance. He's already had three chances. Like I know he yeah. boys with John Jones. Like they, obviously they wrestled at the same uh, community college in Iowa and all that jazz. But it's like it's not there. I mean, bro, it's good they there did, in this fight. They, they but... did drugs. They did drugs together, bro. You got to put him on the fucking main card, dude. I, I wonder mean... if Colby knows him. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I would assume because he, he knocked on all those guys, even yeah. though he got in trouble for a DUI when he was what a there dimer. Too. What a <laughs> dimer, bro. Never rat on your friends, bro. They weren't or anyone. They were just on the wrestling team together. <laughs> Still, that's your boys. They, all my boys on my wrestling team were my boys, dude. No, either way, so Phil Haas is probably going to win here. He's probably going to look awesome, but he is not going to hang around the UFC. This fight is probably even going to look too close. Like it's going to look closer than it probably should be, and good because then he's going to fight somebody like ranked thirteenth. That's just going to style on him. So I'm going to look forward to that. Phil Haas should win. That's the extent of my breakdown for that one. <laughs> Alexander Volkov, minus 170 versus, I just, I messed up my notes. Or that's auto-corrected. Auto-corrected it to walk Harris? So I saw, gonna, I saw, I was going to say something, but I was like, I'm, I'm not going to say ahead. nothing to my boy. I fixed it before that's, I said it, kind of, sort of. We all heard that, it. That's just Walt Harris Maybe. when he's listening to Pantera. It's no big deal. That's true. Well, if, he, if he would walk out to it, no pun intended, I would be all for it. <laughs> I think that's one of the best walkout songs you can come out to. And I'm not even a diehard Pantera fan, but that song's just good. There you go. Sorry. The tiredness has stuck in. I don't know who's <laughs> supposed to go now. So who went first last time? <laughs> it's my turn. Okay, cool. Uh on this fight, uh this this is a uh, Alexander Volkov because he's he he I, we lost the versus uh Derek Lewis after that whole that whole spiel where he was winning the whole fucking fight mm-hmm. and then it got fucking clipped at the very end. That scares me because Walt Harris is that powerful. I don't know how long. I don't think he's as powerful as long as Derek Lewis is. I, I, I'm glad I don't have money on this fight. But I'm Alexander Volkov, he is a great striker. He's really long. He uses his kicks well. He's able to keep people at distance properly. He's, not, he's an actual great striker when it comes to standing. He's just fucked me that one time with Derek Lewis, so it just fucks me so bad. But I, I, I just can't get over that. It, it, but Alexander Volkov gonna win this fight. He's longer, stronger, uh, in or longer, more athletic when it comes to kicks and stuff like that. I just think that he's just keep him at range and be able to pick up, pick him apart and do a decision probably. Yeah, no, I, I agree with basically everything you said. This fight to me isn't really that hard to break down. Alexander Volkov going for eighty six hundred on DraftKings. Five and two since joining the UFC. Lost two of his last three. Good technical kickboxer. He's gonna he's gonna be able to establish his range against Walt Harris as long as he can survive that early storm from Harris. Then this fight is his to lose at that point. Walt Harris doesn't carry that same death touch ability that Derek Lewis does late into a fight. I think he's gonna be hell on wheels for about two or three minutes. He'll give you that Alistair Overeem fight blitz, and then he's gonna gas out the same exact way. I don't think he connects on Volkov. I think Volkov's too slick for that. Um, they both have 81-inch reaches. I think Volkov's way better at using his, though. So for me, $8,600, Alexander Volkov. 
he'd be a good play, but I mean, even in decisions, he's a guy that scores like 73 points. If you have to play him, go for it, but he's not a crazy huge scorer on DraftKings. Um, I, I'm sure I'll end up with him in a lineup or two, but for our main lineup, I'm not going to have him. Well, in terms of this fight, I do have a bet on this fight because for basically every single thing that you guys said, um, Alexander Volkov has faced and beat the better competition. He is longer. He uh, he strikes in combination. He will strike at distance. He will stick to a game plan for an entire fight. And Walt Harris does have the death touch, but he has the death touch, like you said, for two to three minutes. Nobody has that deep, 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 something wrong with him deep in his soul, want power, rage to come out late in fights like Derek Lewis has. And I don't think Walt Harris is that guy. Walt Harris is not the guy we always thought he was going to be. He's shown flashes, but we wanted him to be this uber athletic guy who played pseudo professional basketball, who came in and just killed everybody. It looked like it was happening until he faced the bigger competition. We realized the skill wasn't there. He took some time off, got some of the skill, came back. There's still this level that he is just, he's never going to reach. And that barrier for that is Alexander Volkov. And he's not getting back. That The main reason I'm betting this one, minus 170 is a little bit steep. That, and that's what I'm betting to win one unit, 1.7 to win one. But the main reason I'm betting it is, in my opinion, this should be at least minus 250. This is a dream scenario. I don't know if everyone's thinking the worst case scenario of rethinking of the Derek Lewis fight. Walt Harris isn't Derek Lewis. Nobody's Derek Lewis. Only Derek Lewis is Derek Lewis. It's why, like, if anybody has even a tiny little sliver of a crack in their chin, you go Derek Lewis, whatever the odds. So I got 1.7 units on Volkov to win. Yes, it's probably going to be a decision, but you want to keep me away from that. And if you're a big prop person, I'm trying to stay away. Decision is plus 200. I'm staying away because there's a chance that Walt Harris can get so exhausted by the third round yeah. that he basically just falls down from strikes. Not because they're powerful, but be, just just so tired. Just just so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's Abu Dhabi, and it's hot. Yes, exactly. Humid. It's, it's so humid, and it's hot. And I'm sorry, and you also got to go with Volkov because he has like – the stingray tattoo on his back, the tribal stingray tattoo, because obviously all Russian people have a tribal stingray tattoo. Okay, uh, moving on. Well, we in the co-main event. This is a fantastic fight. We've been waiting for it for a while, and there's a very – this is not a bet for me, and there's a very clear decision why, and I'll explain that later. Uh, I th- always thought I was going to bet one side of this. I'm not, but for a very, very specific reason. Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whitaker, the Reaper. Sorry, Bobby Knuckles is still so much better. Minus 105 versus Jared – Kill a gorilla, pyrite power, cannonair, the captain of crystals, minus 115 at middleweight to get a title shot. Mikey Gills. It's closely lined, but I don't know how DraftKings is. So what are the DraftKings scores for this and where are you falling in terms of that? Yeah, no, I'll start off with Robert Whitaker. DraftKings score is $8,000. They're right on the line. These guys are at the turn if you're using fantasy football terms. For me, this is a complete narrative fight. It's does Robert Whitaker still have it? He has been dropped over and over in his last few fights. He's been KO'd. He's been through wars at EOL. He's had knee surgeries. He's had hernia surgery. He's had broken hands. And at some point, you just have to wonder, when are the levees going to break? Skill for skill, I think he's just a better fighter than Jerry Cannonier. His boxing's crisp. He's got big power, solid on the ground, great wrestling. 
for betting purposes, the reason that you're listening to the show, it's all about being one fight ahead of the point where the wheels fall off. So we'll circle back to that in a second because we're going to go to Jared Cannonier, $8,200 on DraftKings, a little bit more expensive, former heavyweight, former 205er, now at 185. He's 3-0 since he's dropped the middleweight. But I really, I haven't been overly impressed with him yet. It's hard to hate on three wins, but he's beating the guys that he's put in front of him. But to me, Branch is just kind of like, you know, meh. Anderson was washed and you know the leg injury finishes a little weird. Then he beats Jack Hermanson, who who's good, but he's you know fairly one-dimensional. I, I don't I'm not sure what I can glean from those three particular wins in a row. You know, it's just he, he has he has an arsenal, Cannonier. Explosive power, really solid knockout ability. He's shown it every weight class. He's kept it at middleweight. And for me, this fight's gonna come down to technique. Robert Whitaker, he, you know, he's entering the tail end of his career, but and he's still an incredible talent. And as much as I don't like some of those recent showings where he's getting dropped by guys like Darren Till, I do like his mindset. Like he, he wants to get back in the cage. He just fought three months ago and he's getting back in there against rock solid competition. This is a guy who still believes that he can be champ and he's eager to show it. He's coming out. He wants to show you that he can still be that top guy. And you're telling me he's available for dog money on DraftKings. I like him for this fight. $8,000. Lock him up. Whitaker, like lock him up and just hope that he hasn't fallen off that ledge yet. I don't think he's quite at that point yet. I think he's coming back and he's, he's not at like a Chris Weidman level yet. You know, he is still Robert Whitaker. He's still Bobby Knuckles. He's still the Reaper. What do you guys got? Ah, oh, man. I love Bobby Knuckles, man. Uh, I also love Jared Cannonier because uh, I'm a big crystal and gems uh, fan and collector myself. Uh, and I know that he's got his tiger's eyes, amethyst, his pyrite and all of his things over there, uh, keeping him strong and empowered. What I worry about Bobby Knuckles is the wars that he's been in with Yo Romero, the damage that you've been in, and, and like it's just like it's like when I go to work all week, twelve-hour shifts on Monday. I that that was like the say the first fight with Romero, and on Tuesday we had another fight with Romero. But my body is so fucking tired, even after fucking t- two twenty-four hours of work, or then thirty-six, or whatever it may be. I think that Knuckles is tired, bro. And I just, I think that Cannoneer is not, isn't, I think he's motivated. I think that he has a mind state that is, is much uh, more difficult for other people to understand. But I think that he's in a channel and in a groove and on another level right now where he's just, he believes everything that he says and everything he's doing. And if he really truly does do believe that, he just has to just overpower Bobby Knuckles and break him. And uh, I know that's not going to be easy, but if he can just frustrate Bobby Knuckles a little bit by damaging him in his face and uh, and or hurting his leg with some leg kicks, it, it can be super frustrating. And it could be it's just it's not worth the money on Bobby Knuckles because of the he can get injured in a, in a strike. So I, I just don't trust it at all. I love Bobby Knuckles, but definitely DraftKings. I see why someone would pick him, but I'm a I'm Jared Cannonier fan. I'm good. I'm going to ride with him. I think that he's going to get this win. No, my hardest thing in this fight, and I had teased that this was always going to be a bet for me. I'm pretty sure we talked about it on the show at some point. Well, remind Mike, Mikey, Bobby, Bob bet Jared Cannonier versus Jack Hermanson for us on the show. Yeah, that was big, and big. I was really high on him cool, after that fact. Cool five or something crazy. Yeah, I yeah. want to say closing was like plus 225 i think we got him at plus 190 because we got him early and it, and it steamed up but one thing that is causing me um to hold off because I, I do not think uh whitaker is who he used to be does that mean that he's not good enough to beat cannoneer I, I don't know that yet but i was gonna ride with cannoneer 
because with him being on the upswing and with all the damage Whitaker has taken with the power that he has, and especially if he can get out of the first round, Cannoneer's uh, takedown defense team seems to get better as the more confident that he gets. But one thing that's keeping me away from it is uh, the first go round when these guys were supposed to fight. Now, if, if you don't know, this Cannoneer is out for just over a year at this point because the last time they were supposed to fight, they were going to make this exact fight before Whitaker ended up fight, uh, fighting Till. And Cannoneer had a torn peck. So he's coming back from that and a full year off, which these are the type of things that are keeping me away from a bet here. And also with him as uh, the favorite at minus 115. I know it's, 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 a, it's a pick em, but with him not being uh, – have underdog pricing, with recently having the torn pack, and with him being out for over a year has me not betting it. Um, yeah. So listen to Mikey Gills. Yeah, listen to Mikey Gills. <laughs> I'm I'm still picking Cannonier only because <laughs> – has it and i do think that like the whitaker that we remember the whitaker that we love because i was a huge bob knuckles fan still am he's amazing um i do think that the damage is is adding up because i think the uh robert whitaker from the first or the second romero fight if he would have fought darren till would have made him look foolish he would have led him into strikes battered him and finished him at some point in that fight um he still beat him and Robert is so good. I think it's one of those things that, like, let's say uh, in his heyday, he was like, if going one to 10, he was a 10 fighter in his heyday. And he's maybe drifted down to like, he's like an 8.7 now, which is still phenomenal. And it's still going to beat the utter vast majority of middleweights. There might be a couple guys he can't beat. And with the power, I'll lean towards Kenya. But like I said, there's no bet on this one because the intangibles, um, in terms of DraftKings, I really like Mike Gill's points here. And Especially if Whitaker wins, he can come up really, really big, especially for the yep. price that Gills is talking about. So it's all around fantastic fight. So either enjoy the fight or put in the DraftKings and enjoy it more. But we're not betting on this fight for obviously reasons we said. And enjoy. Um, we are getting to the main event now, though. The big main event now. Oh, I'm excited. Though. Oh, this is going to be such an amazing fight. Oh, man. I can't even. <laughs> at this point i, 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 I keep uh, flip-flopping fucking back and forth on my pick dude it's crazy still if it helps maybe me and mikey gills will be able to the, to bring you over to the dark side because i think i think we got something going on here well khabib nirmaga made off is minus three through three thirty five versus justin gagey nirmaga made is clearly one of the most dominant 155 pounders ever everyone saying in the taglines he's the most dominant champion ever let's let, let's hide that away he's he's fought with for the title twice let's let's put that down gsp john jones anderson silva there's a laundry list of champions that had mighty mouse just like all the defenses where they were clearly ahead so maybe a few more he, i'll give him dominant mma fighter champion let's let's watch all of the like the hyperbole there um this is Technically a unification bout because Justin Gagey has the interim title where he beat Tony Ferguson. So no, we do not get Tony Ferguson versus Nurmaga Madoff. We're getting Justin Gagey versus Nurmaga Madoff. But real Mike, I'll let you go first. I know, like you said, you're flip-flopping, but I, I want to hear why you're flip-flopping. So so what what's what's making the hard decisions here between Nurmaga Madoff and Gagey for you? Oh man, uh, the hard thing is that I don't like Khabib striking at all. Nothing about it. I don't like it at all. I don't think it's good at all. I don't think he has leg kicks. I don't. And and uh, Gaethje has devastating leg kicks. Leg kicks that will fuck you up so bad that it might it might fuck up your wrestling. 
So I just don't know or like how ACL. Yes. How long is Khabib going to fuck around and stand for? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 you know, a D1 wrestler like uh, Justin Gaethy is no fucking joke. I'm I'm so proud of uh, the, those type of wrestlers, especially in America. Uh, you know, it's a huge honor, and I just, I, it's, I it's like fuck, dude. The better striker with the USD D1 wrestling is Justin Gaethy, and I fucking I feel him like I see him, I see him right there, but like. Then I fucking wonder, like, is Khabib going to take him down and fucking maul him? Just like I've heard all the stories <laughs> of him mauling every single fucking person I've ever heard. Like, whether it's Cormier or fucking uh, Vera or any anyone that I've ever talked to personally. It's so I. Uh, it's like it's fuck, man. I, I ha- my, my heart says that Khabib's going to win. And then my brain says that that I should go with Gaethy. Uh, I would give him the chance, but it's just uh, it's so hard to go against Khabib and, and all the stories and everything and the mythological creature that they've created uh, the, of Khabib. So uh, I'm so fucked, dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go with Justin Gaethy, dude. Okay, Mikey Gills. Let him know why he should probably be a little more confident in that. Well, I'm gonna start off quoting the Great Gorilla Monsoon from WrestleMania Three. This really is the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. (laughs) I can't tell you how pumped I am for this fight. You're telling me that you're still flip-flopping making your pick for this fight? I made my pick for this fight three years ago. I have not stopped talking about Justin Gaethje beating Khabib Nurmagomedov for as long as I can remember either of them being relevant. Like, as soon as Khabib, as soon as Khabib became oh. that guy that everyone oh, said, I talked. Yeah, I said it too on our old podcast too. So I'm, I'm, I just, but it's still hard to actually to just ah. But you yeah. got it. Okay. Well, give give me some rope with this next statement. We can dive into it if you want. But we're we're talking about Khabib. He's gonna go into the cage and fight essentially the best wrestler and the best striker that he's ever had to face in his career at the same time. And I don't care what the stories are about Khabib at, over at AKA. You know, he's got like uh, Javier Mendez or whoever, like throwing fresh people at him. He's not throwing Justin Gaethje at him, kicking him, hitting him from every single angle possible, scrambling, D1 wrestler, getting up over and over and over again against that cage. What is what is Khabib Nurmagomedov going to do is the bigger question. I'm tired of hearing the question of like, oh, what's Gaethje going to do when he gets taken down? What's he going to do? He's going to get back up. He's going to get back up because he's a wrestler who can get back up. He's going to get back up because his strikes to the leg are going to hurt Khabib. And those those single legs, those double legs, they're not going to have as much power. He's going to get his hand free once Khabib's a little tired. That Dagestani handcuff, whatever. He's going to rip his hand off and slap him in the face of the Diaz style. I don't care. This is Justin Gaethje's fight. $7,000 on DraftKings. You want to feel comfortable about this, Mike? Feel comfortable about $7,000 on DraftKings. Yeah, this that's is disrespect. A- that is a... Hey, this is the disrespect <laughs> moment of the show. Uh, you cannot uh, disrespect a D1 wrestler like Justin Gaethje. It's fucking too fucking much. I We are going with Justin Gaethje to fucking dominate. Elevation fight team. Trevor Whitman has transformed this guy. He has transformed him. After that Poirier loss, he went to Whitman and he said, I, like, I don't want to be the idiot god of violence anymore. I want to be the champion. 
Make me a champion, Trevor. And that's what they've done over the last four fights. You've seen steady improvement from this guy. And then he goes up against uh, Tony. He goes up against Tony. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, well, Tony's like the guy. Tony's the guy. Tony's the guy. What did he do? He demolished him. He, made, he, didn't just, he didn't just beat Tony. He essentially made Tony quit. The referee saved him. But Tony was like, yeah, yeah, no, thanks. Like, he was yeah. like, Tony, Tony wanted out of that fight. Justin Gaethje had $7,000. Take it all day. Kirbin Ragamadoff, don't get me wrong. Love him. Crazy good store. One of the best fighters of all time. $9,200 on DraftKings. He's going to be a great play. So will Justin Gaethje. Let's go. Uh, I'm not going to come at it with such gusto. But I'm going to add in a few points. I'm going to echo a few points. And then we'll be able to sign off for the night. Well, not quite sign off. We'll, re- we'll do our review as we do of both our DraftKings lineup and our bets for the show before we sign off. But in terms of the main event, Nermaya Mena versus Justin Gagey, I'm on Gagey. Literally the only reason I am not betting this is because we have such a terrible record oh. when it comes to betting main events that I don't want to put that type of bad juju on Justin Gagey. But in terms of a pick, it's Justin Gagey for these reasons. On the Justin Gagey side, those leg kicks, man. Those leg kicks. The reason people don't whip those leg kicks at Nurmagomedov, it's one of the reasons people were talking about Tony Ferguson versus Nurmagomedov, is people are afraid to get taken down. Justin Gage doesn't care. He's going to throw a full blast at his knees, at his legs, and by if it doesn't affect super early, and I've seen fights where literally two leg kicks, Justin Gage just took a guy's knee out. Ben Foster, if I remember right. Don't quote me on that, but Brian I'm pretty Foster. sure that's right. Brian Foster. God, okay. that was close. You're close. Either way. WSF, either way. One or two strikes to the leg, the dude's knees were gone. Um, those takedowns are not going to have as much pep. And even full bore, they might not be able to get Justin Gage down. I'll even put that out there. They might not be able to get him down. But I agree with Mike Eels. If they get him down, he'll get back up. And even if he can't get back up, this is just a Gagey. All he'll think is, okay, I'll go after the leg again next round. Okay, I got down again. Okay, I'll go after the leg the next round. At some point, those are going to add up to the that those takedowns don't have as much pep. And Justin Gagey is, has a fantastic left hook that is a strike that – continually lands under Magomedov. It got landed by Poirier, landed a few big ones. Um, McGregor landed a few big ones. It's like, I don't know what, the way he dips his shoulder, I don't know exactly, but the left hook always lands, and that's Justin Gagey's best strike, and he throws it with relentless power. I agree. Trevor Whitman has finally molded this kid. I don't know if it reached a zenith versus Tony Ferguson because it all added together or because they was an empty arena. The crowd wasn't making his bloodlust boil up. Well, you know what? He has that for this fight too. There is no crowd. There's going to be a few more VIPs than in the past, but still no crowd. And he's going to be able to focus. He's going to hear Trevor Whitman the entire time. He's going to treat him like it's a dang video game and press a button and Justin will react. He will throw combinations and he will throw. He will not be afraid to throw and he will throw. He might even go for a takedown himself. Who knows? On the Nermagomedov side, obviously crazy dominant. His wrestling is ridiculous. Everyone does so many what-ifs because he can still do that one thing. What happens when that one thing doesn't happen? Well, that one thing has continued to happen. The only time it hasn't is when he's chosen to strike and it hasn't gone terrible, but it also hasn't gone great. So I here's hoping he doesn't strike because that's just bad news for him. But getting a little morbid with you, this is the first fight that Nurmagomedov will ever fight without his lifetime coach and dad in his corner. Well, not in his corner, uh, alive. It sounds bad. But this will be the first training camp he hasn't trained with him or at least talked to him about where he's getting feedback. It has been his lifelong trainer. Him and most all the other guys that have come over from Dagestan and their little group there. His dad, 
was the one who trained them all. He is not there. Nurmagomedov is talking that he's going to retire at 30 and 0. His dad wanted him to retire at 30 and 0. He's looking past Justin Gagey to that 30 and 0. He wants to retire undefeated at that 30 and 0. I've heard it 10 times this week and other things in videos. People are already bringing up Conor McGregor, getting him riled up, Nurmagomedov, making him look past Justin Gagey. I'm not saying he's necessarily looking past him because I'm not thinking that Nurmagomedov will completely go that route, but let's put it this way more so than in the past. But those leg kicks, man, you're going to get Khabib coming in. He's going to get leg kicked. He's going to wrap him up in the clinch. And he's going to get leg kicked because Justin Gage is one of those guys that could do leg kicks in the clinch. It's insane. I know. And he might get taken down. But at no point throughout the entire fight will Justin Gage concede to defeat. I love Dustin Poirier. He is one of my favorite fighters. He conceded to defeat after that first round. You could hear him in his corner. It was sad to see. He's one of my favorite fighters, he, and he is very mentally tough. He broke there. Justin Gagey won't break. Justin Gagey doesn't know he can break. The only way Justin Gagey will break is if he's unconscious. So kudos to Mary Manifico for pull that off. Now, before I go too far, because I'm just going to start repeating everything you guys have said, because any points that I have not brought up on my end, you guys already have. So I'm all for Justin Gagey here. Love me some Justin Gagey. He's plus 275. That is ridiculous. I love Justin Gagey. Now, <laughs> I'm going to quick review our bets for this fight card. I'll give it to Mikey Gills so he can go down our DraftKings. We will say buy all that wonderful stuff. Well, as of right now, yes, this is a, I think this might be a first that both of our bets are on heavyweight fights, but we have a what to win one unit on Tai Tuvasa at minus 105. So it's 1.05 units to win one unit. And we have on Alexander Volkov at the minus 170 locked in right now. 1.7 units to win one unit. That is what we have for UFC 254. Obviously, we have other favorites. So if that's going one way, you're already leaning. By all means, bet. We're just giving you some free bets here on things we're very confident in. Mikey Gills, talk to me about our DraftKings lineup. Uh, yeah, let's uh, just the, give the broad view real quick. Uh, you'll notice that I'm playing three of the higher price guys on this one. And I'm only doing that because there's three underdogs in this card that I really don't believe should be underdogs at all. Let's start off with our highest price one, uh, Da Eun Jung, $9,400. Pretty simple pick here. I think Sam Alvey sucks, and I think he's being given this fight to lose. Jung's already finished two guys in the UFC who would beat the brakes off Sam Alvey, and I think he rolls here too. Lock him up. Next up, $9,100, Phil Hawes. Watching the fight tape, I just don't see how Jacob Malkoon is going to deal with Hawes once this fight hits the ground. I think Hawes dominates him, and he gets a TKO finish probably pretty early. Uh, crossing my fingers here on this next one, going with Magomed and Kaleo for $8,900. It's another fight that I see finishing early. It's he, He's just simply better than Iwan Kuntalaba everywhere, and I expect him to fi finish what he started four bookings ago. Just I, Like I said, I'm crossing my fingers that he just doesn't get clipped in that wild exchange, but um, Ankalaev should roll there. Uh, the first underdog of the night, tied to Ivasa. I have no idea why he's the underdog in this fight. I guess someone just saw him get dominated on the ground and thinks Struve can take him down and submit him. I, I just don't see that happening at all. I think Tuvasa uh, Rex Struve finishes him, lock him up for 7,900. Next up is what I would say is probably the first like real underdog of the card, just because he's new. But it's uh, Shave Cat Rachmanov, and at 7,700 dollars, he looks legit on his fight tape. And Cowboy is the right kind of test. You know, like, you how do you say it? like Cowboy isn't the kiddie pool, but he isn't the deep end either. Like you're not diving off into his end of the pool. I can see a sub or a finish or just a dominant decision, but I definitely see Rachmanov winning. And last up, I have simply talked too much trash over the years to wimp out now. 
I'm putting my money where my mouth is for $7,000. I'm rolling with my boy, Justin Gaethje, and new. Let's go. Gaethje might be the best striker and wrestler that Khabib has ever faced, and Khabib is going to have to figure out both of them at the same damn time. I'm not underestimating Khabib at all. I think he's great, but I break down every single fight the same exact way. I look at the way people fight, and I call it like I see it. Gaethje has a crystal clear path to victory in this fight, and I don't think Khabib can stop him from doing it. Let's go. Now, before we finally bid adieu, that was the show. But uh, Real Mike, anything to say to the people, the fans, the listeners, the MMA Twitter sphere on the whole that you would like to say? I just appreciate all you listeners subscribing, liking, retweeting, and all the interactions uh, each and every week. Uh, hope to just make you guys happy. By you, Mikey Gills? Uh, nothing except I'm not going to wear my, uh, my phone watch next week. We have... <laughs> We had some issues early. <laughs> That's fine. I usually do the same thing, but except the difference is most people that know me think I'm asleep right now, so I'm getting no notifications. That's the uh-huh. yeah, um, Fair enough. I'll tell you what. <laughs> but this is completely impromptu. Mike Gills and I were talking about something somewhat similar to this before, and I'm pretty sure Real Mike will be down for this. If we can get five reviews on iTunes for this and 10 retweets on the show, not counting three of us. Next week will be a Halloween show where we're all going to dress in Halloween costumes. Yep. Yeah, I'm down. It's going to be a full Halloween show. <laughs> You've seen the pictures of me in my Deadpool costume. I'm going to have to unzip part of it to talk because I can't see through the eyes, but we'll go full, full bore. So <laughs> share. We want you to share. And if you share, you will reap the benefits. <laughs> yeah. No, go that Dodgers. was a plan words because of Robert Whitaker. But if it was, that would have been much more clever. And go Dodgers, baby. <laughs> go well, Dodgers. Yeah, we will be back. You know what? Go Bears. Uh, sorry. Uh, now, I'm, I'm an Orioles fan, so I can't cheer for the Rays. So. <laughs> Good. Go. Perfect. We, we will be back next week to preview Hall versus Anderson Silva. Yes, the fight that everybody wanted seven years ago is happening. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to us on your platform of choice, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Podcast, RSS Feed. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Both the full-length shows and the smaller tidbits are coming out again to get you guys through the week. Like, comment, and share the spread word. Remember, you got to get those five reviews on Apple Podcasts and the 10 retweets of the show. If you want the full Halloween show next week, you want to enjoy that. I'll do- <laughs> And we'll do it, too. Rocking suits last week, shaving the head this week. We'll do whatever. We will do whatever we like for you to make the show bigger. We will do anything. Anything that's legal. I need to. It's a preface. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, let's roll. 